This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three, two, one. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. And that was one of the things from the very beginning that we wanted to make sure that this was efficient, effective, um, and could be implemented so as to benefit our members and our industry uh, rather than get us bogged down in red tape. That's Josh Green from A.O. Smith talking about the WQA Clean Water for All initiative making its way through Congress and is expected to have a major impact on the water treatment industry. And welcome to WQA Radio, where we bring you news and insights about the water treatment industry and promote the betterment of water quality around the world. This is episode number 250. If you can believe it, we are into our sixth year of podcasts at WQA. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show. That's the magic of podcasting. And if you would do us a favor, go on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. Thanks so much. We're publishing this on January 19th of 2022. For more information, you can find us at wqa.org, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And in this episode, we will hear a portion of a recent WQA Essentials webinar which provided a government affairs update for our members. We introduced our new government affairs director, Jeremy Pollack. We heard from Nick Plabani at Gebhardt Government Affairs in Washington and got the exciting update on the Clean Water for All project from Josh Green at A.O. Smith. Later, we'll have our WQA tip. Now on to our government affairs update on WQA Radio. What is the funding mechanism for the Clean Water for All initiative? And how will that, do you think, be affected by the climate during an election year? So I'll, I'll, I'll take that first. Um, and, and good question, Wes. So just from a process standpoint, what we're doing in the legislation is we would be authorizing a certain amount of money that would otherwise be appropriated to the agency. And in this case, we're looking to work with the United States Department of Agriculture. Um, and that funding would be um, part of an annual, in, the, in future years, part of an annual appropriations process uh, once the program is, uh, is, is authorized. And thus, when we, when we are successful, again, my optimism, when we are successful, then one of the things as an industry is that we will need to also lobby and champion to make sure that um, there is adequate funding for the program in future years. Anybody else have any additional commentary on that point of view or point, I should say? No, I think Josh, that was a that was a great explanation. Again, you know, we need to both authorize and appropriate the funds for this bill. And you know, um, whenever we get to that point, there'll be a, a numerous um, members that we're going to need to reach out to. Um, and you know, I'm sure Jeremy and Josh and myself will be able to uh, direct WQA members in the best way that's going to make um, be most helpful to passing the legislation. Great. 
All right, let me jump into some of the questions, and I'm not going to take them in any particular order here, but uh, uh, Nick, I know you mentioned the farm bill in your presentation. Uh, there's a question about that, and can you explain the link between the farm bill, and is it 2022 or 2023? Let's clarify that. Can you explain that and a link between that bill and POE, POU water treatment? Yeah, absolutely. So it is a 2023 farm bill. Um, the farm bill generally takes at least a year, but often two years to develop. Um, and we've heard from both the House and Senate Agriculture Committees that they're going to begin work on the 2023 farm bill um, in the coming weeks and months. Um, the connection is that the uh, United States Department of Agriculture, through its um, sort of rural programs, um, has a number of water programs that provide funding to disadvantaged communities and smaller communities to ensure that they have clean water. Um, one of those programs is a uh, well water program that recently, uh, through rulemaking, um, enabled the program to use funding um, from its grant program on point of use and point of entry devices. So basically, again, uh, one of the big nexuses for um, point of use and point of entry devices is smaller communities that uh, get their water from wells. Um, and so, you know, Gephardt along with um, WQA has, is continues and will, um, has and continue, will continue to try to look for funding opportunities through um, the farm bill and other programs at the Department of Agriculture to sort of fund POU, POE devices. Um, and then I believe also, Josh, um, that the currently, the legislation, um, Clean Water for All, as it stands, would be run through the Department of Agriculture. So um, that, that is another potential nexus for the Farm Bill and POU, POE. All right. Anybody else on that one? Great. Let me take this next one myself. Actually, this is directed to a, an item in last week's WQA update, our weekly newsletter. And it mentioned that there was um, on the Clean Water for All, it, there, there was a video with WQA President Toby Thomas. And the question is, uh, where's the video? Uh, the person was not able to find it. Uh, it is, it should have been linked in that story in the newsletter. There should have been a link there. Um, but we are also going to be putting it up on the website. So you'll be able to see that as well. So look for that in the coming days. But again, if you go back to the newsletter in your inbox, there should have been a, a link to the uh, to the video. All right, uh, continuing with our questions. How long has WQA been aware of the FIFRA challenges? And can you, or, or maybe this is changes, I'm not sure. But, and then can you talk more about who makes up the task force and the progress thus far? Yeah, of course. So uh, FIFRA, Regulations have uh, been in statute since the 70s, and we've seen an update about almost every decade, uh, except for recently, I think maybe the last update was in 2003. Um, the thing with government agencies is that it really depends on the administration on the level of enforcement and how they interpret legislation or statute. So we really saw this uh, issue arise uh, in the last year, mostly uh, hearing from our members uh, with products being stopped uh, by customs. Um, and so I would say probably last June is when we really decided that this was an issue we need to focus on a lot going forward and the task force was developed. At the moment, the task force is made up from a variety of members and I can list some of them today. Um, 
but it's about two dozen uh, groups and companies. And then we've also been working as part of that task force with NSF and IAMO. And so it's really important to work with the industry as a whole on this issue, but at the same time, WQA and its members leading the charge um, and being the face of this. And so right now, uh, that task force has developed a couple different strategies. Um, and this is going to start with having a meeting at the EPA um, this is mostly under an office that deals with pesticides specifically. Um, and there's not a lot of communication or there hasn't been in the past with the Office of Water, which is what WQA has worked a lot with. So um, we need to educate both of those uh, depart uh, departments within that agency, um, get them to communicate, um, but also provide a little bit of background um, about how this is affecting our members and how uh, we can help drinking water as a whole across the U.S. instead of having these devices uh, being stopped either for exports or imports. Very good. Thank you. And, and we, I would just add in um, that if we have anyone on today's webinar that is more interested in getting involved with the FIFRA task force, we're always happy to have more members. Um, and then, of course, also please keep up with the newsletters where we will be providing updates over this next year. All right, back to clean water for all for a moment. Uh, Susan Keaton from my staff is uh, telling me that she's going to be posting that video with Toby Thomas on the clean water for all page. So if you go to government affairs on wqa.org, look for clean water for all, that uh, that video will be posted there shortly within, you know, literally within minutes. So thanks to Susan for that. Um, also, we have a question about Clean Water for All. What strings will likely be attached to this endeavor uh, for the industry? Uh, the concern is about inviting legislative oversight that will then make it difficult on the ground for our members to comply with whatever uh, oversight there is. For an example, the, the question goes on to say that the wage scale that our member company employees operate at perhaps wouldn't meet the federal organized labor rates, that sort of thing. So any uh, any insights on that, Josh or Nick? Sure, um, and, and a good question. Um, so the, the, the program as uh, intended and in, in the legislation that we're authorizing is more of a direct grant to assistance to the homeowner. So X amount of dollars to cover uh, the installation of a point of use or point of entry uh, system. Uh, and through the what would be the regulatory implementation, kind of the proverbial rulemaking um, phase that we, we, we do and talk about here in Washington, um, is those kind of details uh, will be hammered out there. But the intent is very similar, well, not very similar, but analogous to um, a tax credit or a rebate that you would otherwise receive um, upon the purchase or after the installation of a qualifying product. Um, and it's really just that. Um, so labor rates or federal procurement or federal contractor rules really are not coming into play with this program. Um, and that was one of the things from the very beginning that we wanted to make sure that this was efficient, effective, um, and could be implemented so as to benefit our members and our industry uh, rather than get us bogged down in red tape. All right, uh, and two more questions about Clean Water for All. I'll lump them together. One is, is the language currently with legal counsel? And then another question about the timeline 
for the legislation. If again, you could just uh, summarize for us where it is in the process with uh, you know, how, how that actually steps through the process from Senate to House to final authorization. Sure. Um, thanks, Wes. So uh, technically speaking, um, the language is with Senator Baldwin's office, uh, whom is going back and forth right now with Senate Legislative Council um, and making sure that structurally uh, the legislation is sound and comports with the formatting required to introduce legislation. Uh, we are very hopeful and optimistic uh, that we will receive uh, that end product uh, in draft form, of course, uh, over the next seven to 10 business days. Um, from there, uh, in terms of uh, process, uh, you know, we'll work with uh, and coordinate with Jeremy and the government affairs team at WQA about potential co-sponsors, um, both in the Senate, but also in the House of Representatives, um, and we'll, we'll move forward. Timing-wise, um, Senator Baldwin herself ha has communicated to me um, that she would like to have the bill introduced um, by early February. So, you know, we're on a somewhat expedited timeline here. Um, and then from there, we'll use the ensuing weeks, hopefully the DC fly-in, World Water Day, um, other opportunities to get our members involved in contacting their members of Congress um, to support the legislation and ask for a, what we call co-sponsorship of the bill once we get a, the proverbial S number or HR number, uh, and we'll take it from there. So again, uh, somewhat expeditious timeline here, but um, cautiously optimistic uh, that we'll see something soon. And now our WQA tip. We know it's been tough to hire the workforce you need, especially for dealers. That's why we have our WQA Career Center, where you can post a job and look for that next wave of talent. With the WQA Career Center, you can get the same state-of-the-art services that you would get with commercial job boards and more. Plus, WQA is a member of the Engineering and Science Career Network, so your job posts reach a much wider audience. Go to wqa.org slash careers to get started. And remember, WQA member companies get a member discount. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on most popular podcast apps. Learn more about water at wqa.org and, of course, learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at wqa.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio.